Well, welcome to The Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Ben Tyvel, and I'm your host uh, for this week. And today I'm excited to welcome my friend. And, you know, I, I have your colleague, I and mean, in some ways we are mm-hmm. colleagues, uh, Nikki Daniels. And I've had the privilege of getting to know Nikki over the last few years while working alongside of her in Stephen ministry. And uh, so that's here at the church. But Nikki's day job includes quite a few different things. I'm going to do my best here to to give a picture of of all of what you are uh, involved in there at, at, at Bethel University. So she does work at Bethel. Uh, she's teaching and leading there in, in several different capacities. So one of those being associate professor of organizational leadership or the organizational leadership program, or no, of organizational leadership. You're the program director for the Bachelor of Arts degree in organizational leadership. Is that right? That's, that's correct. Okay. You're the program director of the Senior Care Leadership Administration Certificate Program? Yes. <laughs> That's a mouthful. <laughs> it is. Uh, you're the director of ARC, the Academic Resource Center. Is that yes. right? Okay. And you are a coach lead for several different master's programs. You're a stre- strengths finder coach. And then I'm sure there's more <laughs> that, I'm, that I'm missing, but I love that you are involved in all of that. And, um, but really I'm, yeah, I'm not sure how it would be humanly possible to, to do much more than what I just (laughs) talked about. But what, what I love about you, Nikki, is that even with all of those, you know, sort of titles and in the vocational influence that you have and the leadership expertise, expertise that you bring, and that we'll get to hear, uh, today, you are, extremely humble and you are approachable, you're authentic. I feel like you have a servant's heart. I mean, that just, that comes out in, uh, everything that you do or that I've gotten to, to witness and, um, be a part of relationally with you. So I'm so grateful for you and your thoughtful and wise leadership, you know, that you bring to Stephen ministry for sure, but all of the other areas, you know, that you're involved in. So I'm excited to have a conversation with you today and to uh, have it be recorded <laughs> and maybe have some folks listen in. And, and I think if they do, they will glean, they will glean much uh, from, from your wisdom and expertise. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about leadership today. That's kind of the really big umbrella picture. That is kind of your, that's your field is, is leadership. Yes. And as we were chatting before we, before we hit record, trying to come up with, okay, what is the big idea? You know, what direction do we want to go? And I think we landed in this place of talking about leading and following. And this, and there is certainly a relationship between the two. There's a a really important, a really important partnership between those two things. And maybe just starting by defining those, those two things. What do we mean when we say, uh, I, I'm a leader or, or somebody might say, oh, I'm, I'm not a leader, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely a follower or, you know, we've, we all kind of, I think, have a, a sense of maybe what we mean when we talk about leadership or followership. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'd love to hear from you kind of what, where, where are you at when we talk mm-hmm. about leader, leading and following? Oh, good. Well, Ben, thank you. First of all, I'm very 
I really am humbled and honored to be here today and at your invitation. So I'm not sure I would have said yes to anybody else. So <laughs> thank you. <Yes. laughs> so in this reality of um, leading and following, I think leadership is one of those things that everybody knows enough about to be dangerous. You know, and what do we really mean? You know, it even mm-hmm. gets tied up in words like, you know, um, even with management, you know, leadership and management. And they're all different. So today, in terms of what we're talking about, what does it mean? You know, to be that leader. And I think a lot of times people say, well, I don't need to listen to this because I'm not a leader. I don't want to be a leader. I've never been a leader. I don't want, you know, this isn't for me. And that's always one of our challenges, even in, you know, the programs that you're talking about in my classes. And by the way, in in everything you said there, my favorite place is the classroom. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, kind of maybe to clarify that as well. I love being in the classroom. I love these kind of one-on-one conversations. But the reality of, you know, some people say, you know, I'm I'm a born leader. I've been leading since I'm little or people have told me that I'm a leader. So I just, yes, I'm a leader. And others will say, I've never done that. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a follower. And so I think our challenge is to recognize that by chance or by choice, we're going to lead. And anytime, you know, in all of leadership um, uh, information and in the experiences that you learn, you realize that leadership is influence. So that anytime you influence someone, you're leading, mm-hmm. whether that is um, professionally, mm-hmm. relationally, parents with kids, you know, you're leading when you're influencing. And that can be crisis or it can be just really wonderful in the intentionality behind that. But then it's also been said, if you think you're a leader, turn around to see if anybody's following. Because if they're not, you're just out taking a walk. So what I think in that reality, (laughs) and I'm wondering how many times probably I go on walks as well, you know, rather than. But then that partnership that you're talking about with followership, it's not an either or. Um, One of the terms we use in our program is uh, followership is the other side of leadership, you know, Mm. and um, two of the people that have done so much on the research of this and the writing, um, two gentlemen by by the names of Kelly, Robert Kelly, and then Ira Chaliff. But I love partnering them together. And I think in terms of what we're talking about, if leadership is, well, what is leadership? There's kind of two, maybe I should back up a little bit because we want to talk about what leadership is. And I think the easiest working definition that kind of encompasses every definition out there is uh, leadership is leaders and followers working together toward a shared goal. Okay, Okay, so it's that um, one of my mentors always used the word co-laboring, you know, leaders and followers co-laboring together. And I love that, you know, kind of the root of collaboration, meaning we can't do it by ourselves. You know, so and in terms of that, if we can't do it by ourselves, then, well, then who am I doing that with? Mm -hmm. Well, that would be thinking about our followers, you know, and who are they? And I love it's Ira Chilliff that says, you know, it's not leaders and followers, you know, working, you know, walking on parallel tracks, you know, that's kind of like train tracks, you know, even when they turn a corner, they don't ever touch. And he says, that's not what followership's about. You know, leaders and followers are all about orbiting around or circling around the same purpose or goal or vision or outcome. And um, when things are, when we're really functioning that way, that's we have such great opportunity for achieving what it is we've set out to go, to achieve. But many times when we don't get there, um, that reality of taking out leaders and followers, you know, circling around that purpose, it might be about an individual. And that's where we can kind of get into trouble, you know, in that process. Okay. Well, 
So we were chatting a little bit beforehand and you were, you mentioned a, a Barna study as oh. related to uh, followers mm-hmm. and the, the needs of followers. I think yeah. this fits really well into, as you talk about the, the circling, you know, of, of leaders and followers, of kind of the continued circling around a, a shared or common goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. What, so as, so if I'm in a position of leading or, or following, it's good for us to know, well, what is it that, uh, that followers are really looking for? And then therefore, mm-hmm. as a leader, what should I be paying attention to? So that, I think you mentioned it was a Barna study. But what, it's Gallup. Oh, Gallup. It's a okay. Gallup study. Yeah, That's Gallup. okay. I'm sure, Barna's got great study, studies out there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Gallup study. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gallup did this global study on what is it that followers want from their leaders. Okay. And they ended up coming up with, and it was, you know, I, what I love about Gallup studies is it's across gender and it's across age and it's you know globally and all okay. kinds of positions all kinds of so it's not just segmented into one area and that's that's what makes it so appropriate and so applicable I think mm-hmm. and what they found out out of their study is there are basically really four basic needs that followers want from their leaders and one is um, they want you know followers want leaders that know how to build trust in other words you know is your word good you know can I trust you can I put my trust in you. Mm-hmm. And then the you know, do you follow through? And then another thing they found out is that followers really want leaders that know how to show compassion. And just unpacking that, that really, and this is where, you know, when you think about even scripture, the things of un- interacting with each other, you know, do you see me? Do you know me? Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. Do you care about me? Do you value me? That's really how we can show compassion. Okay. And then, you know, they want, as followers, we want leaders that know how to provide stability. And I love this quote that says, comfortably uncomfortable, consistently inconsistent. And I think that really fits into this providing stability because we know things aren't going to be smooth sailing. But if I want a leader that can provide that stability, it's basically um, be my north, you know, be my true north, be my anchor, my north star in that. And then leaders that know how to generate hope. Um, You know, in other words, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get into situations like, and I want to say, seriously, you know, why did I sign up? You know, why did I do this? And leaders that know how to generate hope can remind me, yeah. you know, of why, that yeah. why behind it. That's that's really good. Those are, so, and that's not a faith-based no. study, right? No. Which is so interesting because I feel like all of those that you just said, mm-hmm. Really, we could say are reflected in the in the person of Jesus. Absolutely. I think in the way that he led and kind of the example that he set for yeah. us. Uh, I'm thinking uh, specifically about the, I mean the compassion piece mm-hmm. is we certainly see Jesus walking in compassion. That's a huge uh, part of uh, how he went about his ministry, yeah. meeting people where they were at, going to them, meeting most basic needs, spending time with them, uh, seeing them, like you said, Mm -hmm. do do you see me? You know, do you know me? Mm -hmm. And and, uh, Jesus was, he was doing that. And I think we also can see Jesus as being this ultimate example of, uh, of leading from a place of humility. And did that show up in the four? I, I feel like it 
It's somewhere within well, those four. Well, it would fit in those four. I think that humility piece, probably under maybe showing compassion or even in building trust. I mean, yeah. there has to be that humility yeah. or trust will not happen. Right. Mm-mm. Well, so in, in the book of John, chapter 13, we have this example, you know, of where Jesus uh, washes his disciples' yes. feet, which you could argue is one of the most uh, humble positions that you could take, certainly ba- back in Jesus' day, mm-hmm. of uh, dusty roads and really dirty feet. And yeah. But Jesus does this, and, and then he says, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, that's both servant leadership like that's an example of I'm I'm here to be a to be a servant and to walk uh, as a servant to lead that way and also it's about taking the low position uh, of humility and coming underneath others and and saying how how is it that I can serve you Mm -hmm. what is it that you need how can Mm -hmm. I provide that for you so yeah just a a few thoughts do other things come to mind for you as you look at that list of four Think about Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. in your walk and your journey with him. Where do you see some of that yeah. overlap? Well, I would even back it up one to God, to Jesus. And there's two times in the in scripture where we actually know that God talked to Jesus when he in one was at his baptism and right. one was on the Mount yep. of Transfiguration when mm-hmm. and not quite these words, but um, God told Jesus, you know, that you are known. And right. you this are is my son, valued. Whom I love. Yes. yes. And you belong. Yep. So imagine that. That's a parental, you mm-hmm. know, uh, relationship. But in what we give as leaders with followers, um, it's Max Dupre that has said, you know, if leaders did two things, they would be successful in their leadership. And one is to define reality. And so that goes back to this, you know, we could provide direction, but the other is to say thank you. Hmm. Well, there's that humility piece that's that co-laboring piece that's working together, you know, kind of piece. But I know for me, my life verse is Revelation 3.8, and I adopted this one. I was 19, which was way beyond yesterday. <laughs> but um, a friend had shown shown that to me out of the Living Bible, which was new at that point in time. But um, it's basically, um, I know you well. You're not strong, but you've tried to obey. Therefore, I've opened up a door to you that no one can shut. So when I think about that mm-hmm. and put that in in terms of leadership, at least for me, as I've you know, I st- when I strive both in leading and following. It's like, I don't have to be perfect, but I certainly need to have an attitude check. I need to have a heart check. I need to have a mind check, you know, in what I'm doing. Yeah. So one of the other thoughts that I was having around kind of a a biblical context, you Mm -hmm. know, for leadership, one of the things that came to mind for me, because I think we see it showing up all throughout scripture, but specifically in the Proverbs where we we have this theme of, of benefiting from wise counsel. So the benefit of having many, you know, more than one, but lots of folks around us that, that are, that are wise and integrable, but going to them and making sure that there's this level of accountability and, you know, that Mm -hmm. we're not just operating in a, in a vacuum Mm -hmm. where, where we kind of become our own sounding board and Mm -hmm. we could so easily go astray, I, I think. Yeah. And it's just human nature. If yeah. we're turned in on ourselves, and we don't ever have, you know, if we don't have a regular rhythm of kind of living, I would say like confessionally or out, outside mm-hmm. uh, of ourselves, 
again, I, I think that we're, we're prone to, to wander and, and create scenarios that are, that are probably not good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we see this, this encouragement towards have, have people around you yeah. that can help counsel you. Yeah. I mean, and so there's humility in that for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, if we are asking others for help or we're saying to them, Hey, would you, uh, can, can I talk with you and would you give me feedback, like honest feedback about yeah. what I'm doing or decisions I'm making or things like that. But yeah. what are your thoughts on, on that piece? Well, just a verse that I discovered this year, and I just wrote it down for today because I didn't know we were going to go kind of nice. really go down this path, but I love it because I've been just really kind of ruminating on this verse. It's Job 21, 27, 5, and it's, I will have the moral courage to make my actions consistent with my knowledge of right and wrong. You know, and that just goes right down the path of what you're saying, you know, right there. And then, and the other thing that we have just been challenged by so much, you know, in these last probably days and months and actually years and probably a couple of decades is there was this, um, well, I don't know if you've read the book, The Road to Character by David Brooks, but he talks about the distinction and the difference between um, what he calls resume virtues and legacy virtues. And you could say values, you know, as well. I mean, there's... there can be there can be arguments on whether it's virtues or values, okay. but he said resume, you know, values or virtues are those things that you know are the professional kind of pieces of what we're bringing, what we're giving away, and we can learn those kind of things. But it, he said, think about when you go to a funeral. People don't talk about what we do; mm. they talk about how we are. You know, it's those legacy, what we leave. So it, it goes back to the words that you were using: the humility, the faithfulness, the kindness the um, civility, you know, the hope that that mm-hmm. is encompassed in that. Okay. And again, that goes back into, you know, scripture on how we, you know, what, what we are challenged to be as followers of Christ. Yeah. The, the flip side to that, the resume mm-hmm. values or virtues, mm-hmm. uh, what would an example of something like that be? I mean, you talked about it being... Uh, yeah, the things that we offer maybe in, in well, the vocational setting or the things yeah. that we do. Yeah. What would be some like examples Like the proficiencies, of those? what we're proficient in. Okay. So if I look at a job application, you know, and they ask for certain like, you know, uh, technical skills or, yeah. you know, communication kind of skills okay. or those kind of things, you know, yeah. the things I can do that may or may not be. And we know, too, that um, skill sets well, even one of the assessments that we use, you know, at Bethel with our students, mm-hmm. you know, it's called the career leader, but students are asked to identify five different areas and they are very clear in saying it's not the skill sets, even though students are assessed on skill sets, it's the interests that really give us a better indication for maybe where there might be success in a particular area because that comes from our inside out again too. Okay. And so a lot of times we talk about hard skills and soft skills or hard skills. And Steve Jobs was the one that said, I don't like the word soft skills, let's use impacting skills. It is those things, you know, yeah. the forgiveness, the kindness. And actually, I just went to a webinar a couple of months ago, or I you know, attended a webinar by the Center for Creative Leadership, and it was all about kindness in the workplace. Mm. So it wasn't on those hard skills. It's like, who am I? How do I act? Yeah. And if I go back to, you know, I grew up in that era of WWJD, what would Jesus do? Yeah. And that keeps cycling back, you know, a different. It but it's Charles Spurgeon that has said, and I love this. This is, I actually have this on a plaque in my house because he said, um, 
It's not WWJD. He says, hang that question up in your house. What would Jesus do? And then think of another, how would Jesus do it? For what he would do and how he would do it may always stand as the best guide to us. That's Isn't that powerful? That's very powerful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me think of, uh, I don't have chapter verse, but you know, they, uh, people will know that we're, Christians by our love. It, and, and it's also, uh, and this isn't the same passage, but the other one I was thinking of is that it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. I mean, that is a, that is, a mm-hmm. uh, that is the essence of who God is. I mean, God is, I mean, he's, he has many things, but kindness really does seem to be yeah. one of the main attributes that God, uh, that God encompasses. And, and mm-hmm. he's pretty clear that that's the thing that actually draws people in yeah. that brings them toward a place of of conviction and uh, you know ultimately that place mm-hmm. that many of us have come to where we say of surrender god mm-hmm. i can't i can't do this on my own yeah i need you and yeah it's it's his kindness that brings mm-hmm. us you know to that place well i love that uh, as a part of this conversation we were we were talking about coming together um, ha- having these spaces where we are surrounded by others, where we have s- some wise counsel, where we're maybe living lives, you know, what I would call confessed lives or o- open lives w- with others, where we make ourselves accessible and available to others for the purpose of them speaking into our lives. And, you know, I would say to grow in our understanding of who we are and the mm-hmm. recognition that there's some really good parts of that. And God has gifted us in, in a lot of different ways. But then there certainly is this ongoing human nature part of us that we could call them, you know, just our, our sin nature and our propensity toward uh, towards self and, you know, and operating from a place that, that maybe does not reflect some of the things that we've been talking about, whether it's mm-hmm. operating from servanthood or humility or these other places. Um, but I wanted to talk about... And this isn't like the most smooth transition into this this part of this topic, but when we talk about self leadership, I do feel like there is a connection between those two, of like I, I'm spending the necessary time to recognize that I I have to grow, I have to understand and have awareness of who God has made me and the gifts that He's given me, but also these growing edges, these. And weaknesses, you know, these areas that need growth. And I'm not sure that that can, again, happen in isolation. I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like that needs to happen in a, in community. Uh, so we don't, we don't have to talk specifically about that, but I wanted to transition into this self-leadership place. I wanted to hear your thoughts uh, about this concept and, you know, how does it fit into this overall conversation of leading well and, and the followership piece and, you know, all of that. Good, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really long, I'm sorry. I think I got to a question. I think did I got I? there. Yeah, okay. you did. Okay. Well, I think it's just the power of self-leadership. And I think many times when we think about leadership, it's always about other-centered. You know, I'm leading someone else. 
And what we, you know, what we've learned and what we know is, and, and I'll just go back to myself. How can I lead somebody else if I don't even know who I am? You know, so yeah. it comes back to that. And it's not my phrase. I'll borrow the phrase who before do, you know, who am I before I do this thing of leadership with other people? Okay. You know, so I, do I take that time? And I think the potential, you know, to lead others starts with really how the, the, the potential to lead others well starts with how we lead ourselves. And sometimes that's the hardest um, and several leadership experts will say that you know that the yeah. hardest person to lead is ourself yeah so <laughs> how yeah how do we do that so do you have do you have some thoughts like practical thoughts about how one might uh, go about just this this self-leadership thing mm-hmm. like I, you know if I don't if this is a brand new concept for me mm-hmm. and I'm just thinking about okay well all right, I, that that makes sense to me. Yeah, I need mm-hmm. to, I need to know the who before I before I do. Mm-hmm. Where would I start, or what what might be something that I could do to begin? I think we have to be willing to get to know self, and not the self that others tell us that we are. But mm. you know, kind of just really, literally turning ourselves inside out and, and taking that hard look, that hard step of really identifying who I am, mm-hmm. not somebody else's perception okay. of me, whether that's fabulous, you know, or, you know, forget you, you know, kind of a thing. We have to be willing to do that. And for me, especially as a faith follower of Christ, I would say, it, for me in this journey, yeah. it's it's long and it's hard and it's arduous. But if I can't get to the very beginning that I know I'm here for purpose, I'm not accidental, um, God has a plan. And this, some of the, you know, this idea of, you know, and I just wrote this down, you know, before we can develop leadership identity, we have to know who we are. And so um, my job for me Mm -hmm. is I'm God's girl. That's where I have to start. And that's where I've chosen to start, you know, and that helps me understand who I am in order so I can do his work or his purpose. But I have to go back to the, you know, the God intentionally, intentionally created and designed each one of us with purpose and design. And there's so many places in scripture that tell us that, you know, um, the creation account, you know, God created six days, those first five days, he got to the end of the day and he said, it's really good. Well, he got to the end of the sixth day when he created humanity and he didn't change his script, you know, for that one. He ended that day saying, it's really good. You know, humanity's good. And then we're created in the image of God, you know, and all through, we see that, you know, um, God is perfect, God is excellence, and we have that um, really mandate, you know, to strive for that. We're not going to be perfect or excellent. If you figure that out, let me know. But we can can strive for that. But then Psalm 139, you know, that says we're fearfully and wonderfully made in that whole passage, you know, that that revolves uh, around that, you know, that that perception. Do I really believe that? You know, do do I accept that? Do I receive that. And then I love Ephesians 2.10, and I think it's the New Living Translation that says we're God's masterpiece. And do I, I even have that posted around, mm-hmm. you know, my kids thinking, one. yeah, because if, if he tells me that, I need to own that. But I can't lead you if I don't have a good 
understanding of who I am. And if that's my foundation, well, then it's a lot of hard work to get to know me. And there's all kinds of ways to get to know ourselves. you know, through all kinds of assessments, through all kinds of, you know, classes and listening and podca- podcasts. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. You know, just there's so much out there that we can do to self-assess, to self-analyze, to figure out, you know, where we're at in order then to understand to better understand who we are and then who we're working with as we're either leading or following. Yeah. You know, and if I think that I'm God's masterpiece, well, guess what? <laughs> you are too. <laughs> and you're God's creation too. Yeah. And so it's mindset, yeah. you know, as well, that willingness to appreciate. And it's, um, I heard, you know, it's whether it's obstacle or opportunity, you know, to be able to look at opportunity. You know, what's the opportunity here? How do yeah. we work together? How do we do this? I. I love that Ephesians uh, two ten mm-hmm. passage. I, I I think it really encapsulates the the really simple phrase that you used of you know the who before do. Mm-hmm. I mean it's because the first part of it is yeah you are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Yes, that He's prepared in advance for us. So it's the who you're God's masterpiece mm-hmm. for for why well, to do good works mm-hmm. that He that He has already prepared mm-hmm. for you, and that is that's so good. Um, I, I feel like the simplicity, the simplicity of that connects with me. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other place I go is actually also in Ephesians, Ephesians one. I, sometimes I'll sit in that, those first, uh, you know, 17, 18 verses and it, it's just packed with, uh, with statements about, well, okay, who, who is God? But in light of that, who, who am I? Yeah. And so I, yeah, so important, right. To be sitting in regularly sitting in in scripture in the in these ways of uh growing in our understanding and being reminded of okay god who who are you mm-hmm. and there, there's a natural then outflow of that you know who are you and what are you doing uh you know what have you done and what are you doing in the world and in light of those things you know who who is yeah who is it that i am yeah and what is my place in this yeah and I think when we approach scripture that way, where we start with God, because it's about him and it's his story, and but we certainly have a place in that story. He's invited us in. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the amazing truth of the gospel yeah. is we've been invited in yeah. to to have a part and we have been created in his image and we are his masterpiece. Mm-hmm. So God, what is it that you would have me do? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love that as a backdrop to conversation about yeah. leading and yeah. how do I lead well yeah. and and also how do I follow and right. follow well right like you like we've been like we started with that conversation of the partnership between the two we I would say in any given day we're vacillating between both of those things continually right yes and we can be doing it at the same time same situation even right mm-hmm. well yeah I'm just I'm having this thought now right it's like <laughs> light bulb it's so um, elementary but I'm like you could argue that uh, every time that I'm leading and or, or any time I'm leading, I'm following. Yes. If I am a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm always following. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the definition that you gave of leadership being having to do with influence, you could also argue that, you know, I'm also always leading. Yeah. Uh, so it's good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and I think I would go back to then um, another passage that I love in Scripture is First Corinthians 12, you know, when it talks about all the pieces of the body. Yes. Because many times I think we can feel either excited or somewhat deflated if we don't feel like we match up to all the, you know, the and others can do that to us as well, you know, to have this expectation to be like everybody else. And so there's that comparison competition. I love that, mm. you know, where it just talks about, you know, especially in the in the message when it talks about the I, you know, saying, well, I'm not as, you know, important as the stomach or I can't remember who says what yeah. in that passage yeah. in, in the message. But we can lay that on others as leaders or followers or we can help people understand the value of each individual person. And I think it's that difference between... Um, you know, between potential and purpose. And there's no one to stand in the gap for us if we don't be who God created us to be. But it's hard sometimes to, I think, hang on to who we know we are or who I know I am. Mm -hmm. But if your expectation on me is something different, I think that's where a lot of times the the tension comes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And would you say that that, I mean, that connects to the importance of uh, this self leadership topic yes. of I, I need to be not just focused on focused on how am I leading others, yes. but how is it that God is helping to empower me to lead self? Yes, uh, and then out of confidence and strength and yeah. excitement. And yet mm-hmm. humility. And yet humility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, you know, that's that H word that kind of hangs over it all does. the time. Yeah. But what a great, um, yeah, reminder. Yep. And I, like most things, well, I could say like like all things. If if Jesus is kind of our best representation of what it uh, what it looks like to lead effectively, mm-hmm. he encompassed that. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean he he had no questions about who he was. Mm-hmm. He did not apologize for who no. he was. No, uh, but he certainly operated uh, in this place of of humility. And then, and then going back to those four, I'd love if if maybe you would even repeat. I mean, people can rewind a podcast for sure, but oh. if we might repeat those those four uh, those four things that mm-hmm. followers need that that yes. Gallup came up with, yes. that'd, be, that'd be cool. Sure. The first one is to build trust. You know, okay. as a follower, I want a leader that can build trust. You know, and, and I think it's that thing that with trust also says that um, we always say trust is earned, mm-hmm. but also uh, mistrust is earned. You know, yeah. as well, and it's it can happen. You know, just like that. And then to show compassion. Okay. And provide stability and to generate hope. Hmm. And I love that. I don't think I said this earlier. I would have to rewind this to see if I said this as well. But there's a couple passages in scripture that is so, you know, if we want leaders that, you know, know how to generate hope, well, all we have to do is look at Paul when he tells us to pitch our tents in the land of hope. Hmm. And in Zechariah, we're told that we're prisoners of hope, Hmm. you know, so even that, all these secular um, assessments out here or research things really do come back to scripture, you know as well yeah that would be a cool the Zechariah passage that you're talking about being prisoners of hope I feel like that could be its own that could be its own conversation and yeah. podcast right to what is that what does that really mean what does yeah. that look like uh, but yeah to be a conveyor of hope to be a you know I think about being uh, yeah that's that feels like connected to, to vision and helping to continue to kind of place mm-hmm. this hey this is what 
this is what we're about. This is what we're going after. Yeah. This is what we're placing our, you know, our confidence in, yeah. you know, that is such an important part of, uh, of leading again, yeah. not just organizationally, you know, invocation, but like you were talking about in whatever setting that yeah. is in yeah. family life, in relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, there's going to be times where, or hopefully I'm doing that for others. And mm-hmm. there are certainly, uh, as a follower, I, I need that. Yeah. I mean, I'm always, I'm continually needing, yeah. uh, that. And sometimes God uses other people, uh, to, to do that. And then other times it's, it's God himself when I'm in, when I'm communing with him, that he's just going to, you know, drop that hope in, in in me, uh, you know, right from his word or right from his mouth. So, um, I I love those four. I feel like that's a great, that's just a great backdrop to all of kind of what, where we've gone and what we've been talking about here today. Um, but as we, as we look at, um, kind of closing our conversation here for today, is, do you feel like there's anything that we haven't quite covered, or anything that you're uh, that you're itching to to, to, say, to say about <laughs> leadership? Where you came in, I was like, you're like, I want to make sure that that this gets conveyed, or that I am able to share this or that. <laughs> uh, well, my kids tell me I always have something to say. So, <laughs> well, I just think kind of maybe to put it into. I've got a couple books on my bookshelf, so okay. they sit they sit side by side. Yeah. And one is called The Power of Two, is by Wagner and Muller, and it's all about resilient alliances of how the benefits of working together, how we lead and follow well. But I also have the book right next to it that's called Working with You Is Killing Me. And I remember I bought that book a few Mm. years ago, running through Barnes and Noble. It was on an end cap, had no idea what it was about, but I stopped and picked it up, you know, and basically that's what it's about. How do we work together? You know, so I think when we were talking earlier, you know, it's who before do, but it's like that. And what Spurgeon is saying is how do we do it? That's what we, you know, for me, that's my challenge all the time. How do I be who I am Mm. in order to benefit and, you know, all that God has trusted me with, you know, whatever it is, how do I best do that? How do I bring the best me into that situation? But those two books are just really good reminders for me of um, how I can be, you know, that... I don't think any of us are here by accident. So right. God's purpose and intention yeah. of, of bringing us together. I love that. That feels like a good place to <laughs> to end the the how. Yeah, uh, it's wonderful. Thank you so much, Nikki. It's been great to to chat, and I I feel like we could talk for another think, couple hours, we and uh, we might put some of our listeners to sleep. But uh, <laughs> no, I, this has been really fun, and uh, I'm. It's been a great time just to get to know you a little bit better and get a chance to hear the wisdom that God has given you uh, over the years. I want to thank you for listening. Uh, If you would like more information about Calvary Church, you can visit us at calvarychurch.us. You can also check us out online or in person on Sunday mornings. And we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. It also helps if you leave us a review. And so until next time, I want to encourage you to live a life of love for God and neighbor. Mm-hmm.